Welcome to Retriever Tales, a podcast from the Center for Democracy and Civic Life at UMBC, featuring conversations with members of our campus community. I am Candace Dodson-Reed. I use she, her, hers pronouns. My name is Rahman Liakath. Hey, everybody. Uh, I'm Dr. Kate Drabinsky. Uh, most people at UMBC call me Dr. Kate. My name is Reese Drabinsky. I use he, him pronouns. At the Center for Democracy and Civic Life, we believe that stories are everything. The act of telling and listening to each other's stories can bring us together as a community and enable us to work collectively in ways that help us all thrive. I'm your host, Therza Khan, she, her pronouns. I'm a senior information systems major here at UMBC. Today, we're speaking with Dinah Winnick, a staff member at UMBC. Dinah, go ahead and introduce yourself. Hi, my name is Dinah Winnick. I am the Director of Communications and Content Strategy for UMBC, and I work in the Office of Institutional Advancement. Um, So what is it about that role that you enjoy the most? Uh, It is very difficult to choose, but I would probably say that it's... um, just learning about all of the different perspectives and experiences and kinds of work that people across the UMBC community do. Mm. I once described it to someone like getting to do a tiny dissertation every month. Like it's all of these like <laughs> little snippets where it's like a sudden deep dive and then you pivot and you do something completely different. Um, and it's just really joyful, especially this time of year. It's commencement season right now and so we're hearing about all of these amazing student achievements mm-hmm. and it's just this kind of constant wonderful reminder of like this is why we're all here this is why we're all doing the work mm-hmm. um and then sort of on a more public facing side i just love learning about faculty research and teaching and community engagement as well and then mm-hmm. sharing that out to the broader world um so that you know people can make more informed decisions um and kind of really see see research that has a public impact mm-hmm. and so that's always that's always really fun and really gratifying yeah um so can you tell me a little bit about how you got to umbc i can so i've actually been at umbc for a little over a decade mm-hmm. um my background is in anthropology i have my bachelor's mm-hmm. and master's in anthro um, and I worked briefly at the American Anthropological Association and got into academic publishing through them um, as an editor for Anthropology News mm-hmm. and was really looking both to come back to higher ed and to be closer to home in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. I'm from California originally, but I've lived in Baltimore for a long time. And mm-hmm. I was very pregnant with my first child <laughs> when I was job hunting uh, and found the UMBC job for a communications manager actually in social sciences um, Mm -hmm. and uh, found it, applied for it uh, a week before my oldest daughter was born. And then a week after she was born, I got called for an interview. (laughs) So it was quite a whirlwind. And I can always remember exactly how long I've been at UMBC based on how old she is. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I still remember driving to UMBC and 
my husband and daughter came with me because she was, you know, very, very tiny and it was a two hour long interview and that's the spacing between like how often she had to eat. <laughs> um, and so I kind of didn't say anything. I went in, did the interview. It went great. I did a callback interview that also went great. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I remember being offered the job and saying, just so you know, I have a two week old baby <laughs> and and my uh, soon to be boss said, did you say Two, two weeks? Ten weeks? Two years? <laughs> what did you say? Um, but yeah, I, I knew pretty immediately that it would be a very welcoming place. I remember seeing signs when I was on campus for my interview for the campus lactation space. And I was like, mm-hmm. this is it. This is a good sign. Mm-hmm. Um, this was meant to be. So um, it was a, a fun path to UMBC. Yeah, <laughs> that's so that's so fascinating. Um So what is the story of the most important thing that you have learned about yourself through your experiences at UMBC? So this is a tough one. I actually, I don't have a ton of time to be really introspective in my work (laughs) because it's honestly, it's just go, 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 like all of the time. It's like processing this flood of information. Um, But I would say that something that I have learned and that I'm still learning every day is really how to trust myself. Um, mm-hmm. and how to trust my team to to do the work and to do it well. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a very high stakes job. It can involve a lot of complexity. You need to be precise, but also really creative. You need to be an active listener and also really decisive and thoughtful and fast writer <laughs> uh, and editor. And so it's balancing all of these sort of different potentially conflicting needs Um, to really quickly pull a story together and make sure that everyone's informed, everyone has what they need to make the decisions they need to make, um, that we're, you know, able to help other people share their voices in a more direct way with our community. Um, And so, you know, there's always that impulse to like double, triple, quadruple check yourself, (laughs) like in everything that you do. but I have I have joyfully learned from many of my colleagues to like trust your past self. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like past Dinah did a good job on this. I believe that it does not need to be checked again. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you know, I have a really wonderful, talented team. Everyone on my team, and you know, in my division across UMBC more broadly, I found the culture of the place is really people who care deeply about the work. Mm-hmm. You know, we share. Um, a common set of values and priorities and set sense of commitment. Um, and so while there are difficult things and there are things that we disagree with uh, each other about or with ourselves about or have to work mm-hmm. through, at the end of the day, I would say, you know, having that trust in ourselves and each other to know that we're all trying to do our best in the work and we're going to get a good result um, is really important. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So going forward, what are your hopes, goals, and wishes for um, the UMBC community? So one of the things that I think a lot about is just what's around the corner for UMBC. Mm -hmm. I feel like I came here at a really interesting time 10 years ago because it's sort of been like this last edge of growing pains from being, you know, a really strong university that was known in the region. to this university that's being known increasingly on this national level where we have um, 
Leaders who are staying at UMBC, who are making UMBC into this nationally known powerhouse, and also leaders who are going out into the world and having an impact on their communities, you know, across the country, across the world, um, in really, really important ways. Mm -hmm. And it's an exciting moment, (laughs) and I'm looking forward to seeing what happens next. You know, we celebrated our 50th a few years ago. Dr. Frabowski's almost been at UBC for 30 years now, which is huge. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's just exciting to see see who that next generation of leaders is. You know, this year we've been talking a lot about Dr. Kazumiki Corbett, who um, is one of the, you know, is the scientific lead behind the uh, COVID vaccine research. Mm -hmm. Um, Huge deal. But there are also folks like, you know, the Baltimore County executive, Johnny Olszewski, or, you know, the the co-founders of Ekiben, who were in the news recently, (laughs) um, who are just showing, you know, what is possible when you carry forward the right kind of values of caring for community. Um, into a local business and that's amazing yeah (laughs) and um, it's just such a joy to see how how that UMBC spirit is carrying forward in other places Mm. Um, you've been here for multiple years so I I was just wondering like how have you seen UMBC um, the culture like shift over the time that you've been here that's a really good question I think the biggest thing is probably a sense of self-awareness of who we are and what we want to be um, and what we can be and what kind of commitment it will take to get there. So, I mean, UMBC has always had a unique culture and, um, you know, if you read like UMBC magazine, you can see how that trajectory has changed over time. So, um, a few years ago, I was involved in a strategic planning process for UMBC. Mm-hmm. And this was in true UMBC fashion, right? There were hundreds of people involved in this process. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so there were many, many, many hours of meetings and writing and right. conversation and writing things and tearing them apart and writing them and tearing them apart. Um, so everything was very much collaborative. Um, but it was very interesting to be particularly in the process for rewriting the vision statement Mm. for the university Um, and I actually was on the team of people who wrote the bulk of what ended up being the vision statement Mm -hmm. and seeing that and seeing that in action and seeing that mean so much to people yeah is um is a very special thing yeah (laughs) um and then you know from that like we did all of our brand work for launching you know, the new UMBC brand, which has not just visual components, which are really great, uh, produced by Jim Lord and a team of other people, um, but also storytelling components. And if you go on the style guide, it basically says, this is who we are. These are the kinds of stories we tell. These are the priorities we have. Um, you know, it's important to give community members opportunities to share their voices, not to just like pick and choose the couple of voices that we want to share. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a very, that is something that wouldn't be possible if we didn't have as strong of a sense of self as an institution that, as we do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think um, being able to refine that sense of self and develop confidence in it over time um, mm-hmm. and to know 
Like if this is what we put out in the world, then these are the kinds of students who are going to come here. <laughs> and that's exactly what we want. Like we want the students yeah. who want to have an impact on community and develop those skills and feel that sense of empowerment, um, knowing that that's a cycle that we can sort of pump energy into and then, you know, see the rewards of uh, is very exciting. Yeah. Um, so is there anything else that you would like to share? Oh, yes. Okay. So um, one thing, I know that you're very curious about sort of what makes UMBC UMBC. And there is just this really fun moment that still like crystallized in my mind of <laughs> when I first started to work with David Hoffman, who is one of the people in, um, who has helped form the Center for Democracy and Civic Life. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember he invited me to a meeting about a project that did not have a name. Mm-hmm. And I was still, I think I was still a communications manager at that point. It was before I had been promoted uh, into my current role mm-hmm. as director. And my mode was very much, you know, figure out what someone needs, figure out what I can provide, kind of put the puzzle pieces together, get a result, move to the next project. Mm-hmm. And I met with David and I said, so David... <laughs> what exactly is this project that you want me to work on? Because it was kind of vague. And Mm -hmm. his answer was, well, what would you like this project to be? (laughs) And I said, well, what exactly do you want to do? And he said, well, what would you like this project to do? (laughs) And it was just this wonderful introduction to, like, there's no, like, one way. There's no right. like unidirectional process at UMBC. It all is things coming together with a bunch of people around the table who have different ideas and mm-hmm. try to like create a real and lasting thing together. And that's what we did. And we ended up working together, forming this um, uh, initiative called Breaking Ground, um, mm-hmm. which uh, you know was a community impact project that involved a ton of different departments and grant funding to reshape courses and all of these things. And then, you know, years later became the Center for Democracy and Civic Life, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, is now having its own wonderful range of even broader impacts at UMBC and in the community mm-hmm. beyond. And so, but it's it's these things that have to start with this kernel of kind of like uncertainty yeah. and a commitment to actually spending the time to get other people's voices yeah. uh, into the room. And I just wasn't expecting that out of that conversation <laughs> um so it very much shifted my mindset a lot about how I do my work um in general yeah I that exchange is so funny to me because um like as a communications manager you're trying to figure out like what is your vision you know what do you right. want and then David's philosophy is like no what do you want and so it's just like going in circles that is hilarious <laughs> it was very very funny I have another very like UMBC moment if you wanted to hear that real quick. Yeah, of course. <laughs> um, so, and this is like a totally a totally different kind of thing, but another element of the lovely culture that is UMBC. And I love that we are at a pretty nerdy place. I mean, there are all kinds of people mm-hmm. at UMBC, so not everyone identifies in that way, certainly, mm-hmm. um, but many people do. Um, and I, so, uh, it was very funny when everything was happening with the NCAA tournament and our victory Mm -hmm. over UVA, huge, exciting news. Also, I mean, I'm not an athletic person Mm -hmm. (laughs) and don't know very much about sports. So I was joking (laughs) with my colleague, Candace Dodson Reed, um, about it. And I told her, you know, uh, I was the... 
I was the uh, tutor for my high school basketball team. <laughs> and she was like, what are you talking about? And I told her, you know, I tutored them in, in Spanish and in math so that they could be academically eligible to compete. And that was like the closest that I've gotten to a sport was right. like tutoring, tutoring the athletes on the team. And she thought that was funny. And then later she told me that um, when she was with uh, President Herbowski, mm-hmm. uh after the UVA game, mm-hmm. she told him this story. She said, did you know that Dinah used to tutor basketball? <laughs> and he said, you mean she coached basketball? <laughs> and said, no, 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 no. She tutored basketball. <laughs> and apparently he just laughed and laughed and laughed and laughed. Um, but it was also a very UMBC kind of a moment. That's hilarious. <laughs> Yeah, um, I I love hearing stories about, um, like, the... UMBC has such an interesting intersection between, like, athleticism and just complete, like, nerdiness. And, like, I love hearing when those worlds collide. (laughs) One of my favorite things, honestly, is that we are so well-known for having very gifted athletes who have some of the highest GPAs in their sports. And it's just, you can be both. It's this wonderful intersection. Yeah, UMBC, it's such a, it's such an incredible place. And I think being at an institution that is so young is, it's just like there, there's some, there's something to be said about having, going to an institution that has like a huge legacy of many, many centuries, you know, whatever. But there's also like, there's some beauty in like being at the forefront of this tiny school that like, um, it's just, it's just a force to be reckoned with. And every day you have the opportunity to shape it in some way. And it's just incredible. Yeah. Yeah. It's really fun. And I think, Mm -hmm. I mean, the challenge of it is right. That we, aren't since we aren't as old of an institution Mm -hmm. we don't have you know the most enormous endowment we don't have the same kinds of resources that other really high performing institutions have and yet we have the same talent and the same dreams and the same vision and Mm -hmm. so we're really scrappy and we put in a ton of work and we're really entrepreneurial and we make magic happen um and it can be hard to sustain that in the long term um thankfully Mm -hmm. it's also a supportive place so you know everyone's got each other's backs um but um but yeah it, it makes me really excited for what's in the future is there anything that's still on your UMBC bucket list? Like, is there anything that you still want to accomplish? Oh goodness. That's really hard to answer. (laughs) I mean, there are still, you know, offices, units, departments across campus that I don't know very well, even Mm. having been here a decade. I've tried to prioritize being on like committees across the university, you know, as a professional staff senator for a while. I've been on the advisory board for the Women's Center for a number of years. Mm-hmm. Sort of these situations that put me in touch with people who I wouldn't otherwise connect with. Right. Um, because I think that's really important both in my capacity to do my work well um, and also just to know who your community is and who's around you and who's doing the work every day. Mm-hmm. I think. It can be really easy when um, you don't have visibility into someone else's work to not see the work and not understand the value in the labor. And so I think it's really important to build those connections as much as possible. Mm-hmm. And also just like relationships are really important yeah. <laughs> in general. Um, and you never know where something's going to take you, right? Like I still remember 
and this happens, this is one example of things that happen all of the time at UMBC. Um, we'll often do media visits where uh, we get a journalist come in, they want to know more about UMBC, maybe they're new to their paper or they're new to their beat. Um, and we organize sort of a couple hour long tour. And mm. the most fun part of that is always the student conversation. Yeah. Um, because immediately when they meet our students, they can see like all these things that you guys have been saying, oh, they're actually real. <laughs> You know, like all all of the universities say they have like student empowerment and community engagement, and it sounds really fancy. Um, mm -hmm. And I don't think that um, people outside the community necessarily fully process that it's an authentic felt thing yeah. at UMBC until they talk to the people. And I remember several years ago being in one of these meetings, and I was I was still you know newer than I am now and brought in a bunch of students to meet with a journalist and all the students went around the room talking about their work and after the meeting I approached this one student who was amazing and I said you know what's your name and she said oh Naomi Mburu and I mm -hmm. said it's so great to meet you your research is just fantastic where are you going to grad school and she said oh no I'm a freshman <laughs> She's a freshman and, you know, she got a Goldwater and then went on to become our first Rhodes Scholar. Wow. And to be able to have, like, met her in the first yeah. semester of her freshman year and see what a special, amazing person she was and then see what she has done. And now she's the mentor for our second Rhodes Scholar, wow. um, Sam Patterson, and has an amazing relationship with him and helping guide him through that process. And, and knowing that it's not just her, but it's like every single student, if you talk yeah. to, they will have a remarkable story of the journey yeah. that they had and how they got to UMBC and what their dreams are and what they're going to do. Um, and there are so many other universities that prioritize these values. But, you know, if you go to a lot of these conferences, there'll be faculty and staff from these universities saying, our students are also amazing. How do we get them involved in this work? And mm -hmm. then you'll have UMBC students who are in those meetings who are saying, yeah. well, let me tell you how I'm involved <laughs> in this work. Right. Um, yeah. And just having gotten, gotten to that point is a testament, I think, to the work of so many community members in making that happen. Mm, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for um, sitting down with me today. This conversation has been incredible, and um, I'm so grateful to have gotten to sit down with you and you know, just chat about um, your experiences. Well, this has been such a pleasure. So thank you very much. Thanks for joining us on Retriever Tales. Keep up with the Center for Democracy and Civic Life by following us on Instagram and Twitter at CivicLifeUMBC and find other Retriever Tales episodes at civiclife.umbc.edu slash retrievertales. We believe that stories are everything. What tales do you have to tell, and how do they connect you with the larger story of us all together in community?